Have you ever shaken your queso? I've never shaken my queso. That might be what it looks like. Welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. Check out all the other awesome shows the network has to offer. For example, you should check out the Classic Horrors Club, who most recently uh, did their name justice and paid tribute to a true old school horror legend by diving into the works of Peter Lorre. For now, though, you're here with us. I'm Jack, and sing to my right is Jake. We're all going to die down here, Jack. And sitting next to Jake is someone else who needs to break out his five-day deodorant pads. It's Mark. Hey, guys. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, we watched 1998's Sphere, uh, which was a Mark pick, I think. Nope. It's from the 90s, so I assume it was a Mark pick. It's a Jake oh, pick. Oh, interesting. Curveball. Jake pick. Okay. Curveball, yep. And we will dive all the way into that soon, and when we do, we're going to spoil the shit out of it, so fair warning on that. But first, we've got to do the getting drunk part, so on that score, let's do beers for fears, and I'm going to start this week, because um, I'm drinking Rainier. Um, I'm shocked. Ten, say more. the reason I'm drinking Rainier is because the editors of this movie couldn't be bothered to give even a flying fuck about cutting it down to a mildly reasonable length. And so, following their lead, I could not be bothered to give a flying fuck about matching my beer to the movie. Wow. Not giving a shit begets not giving a shit. Also... the editors of this movie's fault. Also, Jack, here you go. In the SLS side-looking sonar, the uh, the uh-huh. tail fin of the ship does kind of look like a mountain. You know? It looks like the profile of Mount Rainier. It looks a lot like a mountain. It, and, and Rainier is mountain fresh beer. So, Perfect. Well, absolutely, it actually perfect. couldn't be you. You uh, the top of a mountain could not be literally further away from the bottom of the ocean. So I feel like <laughs> not a great effort. I think it's perfect. Mark, <laughs> how about you? Uh, you pull my nose up then. What's uh, what's what, what are your beers for these fears? Uh, this is a deceptively hard movie to beer. I think Jake's probably going to have like the best of all of us. But as happens when um, I can't make decisions about what to actually focus on for a beer, um, I got two or more. Um, so first up, Seclusion IPA uh, by New Planet Brewery. That's pretty straightforward. They're all secluded down at the bottom of the Self-explanatory, ocean. Self-explanatory, yeah. Yep. Here's 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 yep. the one I'm a little bit happier with though, uh, Modus Mandarina IPA. Uh, so this is an India Pale Ale brewed with mandarin oranges, and you know what? It's a it's a pretty well rounded beer. Mandarins are spherical, wow. you know. Think about it. The, okay. the fruit. There's, there's a lot happening here, Mark, and I don't like any of oh it. Oh my on. god! Are you saying that the beer is well rounded because it was brewed with oranges? Is that what it takes for you to have just a good, well rounded beer? So there's two things here. The the beer Jack. itself is well rounded. It has a great balanced flavor profile. On top of that, it's brewed with mandarin oranges, which themselves are spheres or oblate spheroids, at least. Wow, that was fascinating. <laughs> your face i hate your face so much that dumb grin jake what are you it's doing? listener i wish week. you could see that idiot um i don't think i have the best beer this week you guys I, oh that means so, i do i don't know what that i don't know what that means mark i don't know 
I have gone into full on drink all year beer mode that I'm sure some of you listening or some of you on the line with me right now can can relate to where you just, just have to life, like get sure. rid of things because you're not going to be able to drink it if you don't drink it now. This is probably the weirdest beer selection I've ever had. There is no connection to the movie, but 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 here you go as far as the beer is concerned. I'm drinking <laughs> a corked bomber of Chimay Grand Reserve Belgian Strong Ale that has been cellared at my place for about Jesus. two and a half years. Wow. Only the best beer for the best movie. Yikes. Also, it's a larger there than average go. beer for a longer than average movie. You I'm know, making and, connections all and, over the place, and, guys. And, I'm firing a, on every cylinder. And it's a dark beer, like the abyss of the ocean that they uh, they descend into. It all ties together, okay? Okay. Well, you know, we've all done something It's a bomber of 10% beer. Sure. It's going to be great. Shut up. <laughs> But drinking and moving um, might not be the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. Uh, we might have also experienced some other stuff in the horror world. Mark, I know last week you had to cut yourself off because you'd watched like 30 goddamn things. And I'm just going to piggyback off you because I've got nothing else going on that's been rocking my horror world. So, Mark, what else has been rocking your horror world? Okay. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is Peeping Tom. So... Again, I'm going to bring this back up every month from now on, but, uh, you know, I made a resolution to go back and watch a bunch of, like, horror blind spot, blind spot classic movies. Uh, this is from 1960. Basically, one of the first slasher movies. Yeah. Yeah. Have Origins. you guys seen this? Yeah. I have, I have not. Long time ago. I have not seen it. Huh, okay. Maybe, maybe something we want to revisit down the line. Uh, this is... I, I, it's an interesting historical piece... Not, the the pacing of it might not age particularly well, is what I'll say. So it's boring. Many of those movies. Yeah, don't. I mean, if you're you know if you're set up for something from the 1960s, then it's a pretty well made movie. I, I actually enjoyed watching it, but I think in retrospect, it it did kind of drag for a while. It's it's boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But it is the <laughs> like the original slasher. So you know, go out, seek it out, check it. Uh, next, okay. next up, the next ones are going to be a little bit more modern. Weird. Okay. Uh, this was a Jake recommendation. I don't think this is one you actually assigned me during the omnibus, but I, I went back and watched Dark Song. Yeah, I don't think I, uh, yes. Okay, say more. Um, this was a really good movie. I, it wasn't anywhere yeah. remotely similar to what I was expecting. Shockingly, but. I gave it my year movie of the year award. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if... Give it a 30,000-foot-level uh, view. What is this thing, for those of us who haven't heard of it? I've definitely heard of it. Magic! <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, like, magic like if this... it were real magic. But, yeah. like, not Harry Potter, you know? Because that shit sucks. Well, no, we are decidedly pro-Harry Potter on this no. podcast. No. No, we're anti-cat and anti-Harry Potter. pro-Harry Potter, we're pro-cat. This is fucking trash. Jury is still out on Hunger Games. Anyways, oh uh, Dark Song is, is a, it's a very, like, grueling and dark approach to, like, basically executing black magic and the results thereof. Um, I, I It's an incredibly well-done movie, and if anything sticks with me more than anything else in this movie, it's the sound design. Holy shit, everything in this movie sounds so good. Yes. <laughs> the soundtrack 
hits you so it's not hard. Even, but it's not even soundtrack. It's yeah, like, soundtrack is a difficult word to use. Because it's not the score. Yeah, it's not the score at all. It's like it is also just sort that, of though. the sounds that happen. No, the the score too, sound though. mixing. I learned during the Oscars is a thing. The sound design. Those are two separate say. things. I have never been thrown for as big a loop as I was on Oscar night when they awarded sound design, no, sound editing, and then the next category yes. was sound mixing, and they were the exact same movies, and the same one won both. Yeah. Just a, just a way to get more Oscars. <laughs> and and the, what was trippy about it was two completely separate teams of people went up on stage to accept the award. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, lastly, last one I'm going to talk about this week. Never Hike Alone. Uh, this one's available on YouTube. Uh, the other two, you kind of have yeah. to go and seek out your... Oh, I guess I guess Dark Song's available on Netflix. Uh, Peeping yeah. Time, you're going to have to... Yeah, you really don't have to go very far to seek it out. Um, but yeah, so Never Hike Alone, freely available on YouTube. You have this no matter what you subscribe to. Um, this is an hour long... You have to have YouTube Red. You have to have a YouTube Red subscription, as I understand it. No, you don't. It's just basic YouTube. You, you need to have an internet subscription. <laughs> I know. And actually, you don't even have to have that. You can go to your local public library. Good joke, Jack. I was... It was a good joke about how YouTube Red is... I don't even know what it is. Is the joke that you said the exact opposite of a true thing? You just straight up lied? <laughs> that's the joke? Yeah, that's a joke, right? I that's a joke so. somehow. <laughs> it's um, social commentary, about something Mark. you know nothing about. That's great. Yeah. We're really yeah. loose this episode. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Never Hike Alone is a fan film. It's an hour long about... <laughs> it's found footage, kind of, of uh, some hiker guy who finds... Camp Crystal Lake and is and Jason is still there. So it's yes. Friday the thirteenth yeah. fan film. Yep. Um I really enjoyed it. It's a it's not even an hour long. It's a t- it's a tight fifty-two or something like that. Uh really hard to not recommend given that the barrier to entry being excessively low. But um there yeah. are the movie or the I don't even know if it's a movie, the short film whatever you want to call this thing is not without its challenges. The biggest problem I had with it is that it bills itself as a found footage movie, but it's really only like 60% found footage. So they just arbitrarily Fair. cut to omniscient third person camera. I love it when things do that. I hate it when things do that. That's That was yeah, honestly too, one of my worst. biggest complaints about the pyramid. But uh, yeah. other than that minor thing, uh, I actually felt pretty good about it. They, it I haven't been as scared by a Jason movie as this one since basically the original. Um, they there's really? some pretty adequate tension. Well, I mean, think about what it's competing against. It's not like Jason yeah, is a particularly yeah, yeah. scary franchise, but yeah, it is, um, Mark. Yeah, it is. Lots of really good tension in this. I thought you know the the whole found footage aspect is is obviously my bailiwick, but it adds a nice little new flavor to the franchise. Mark, is that all I got? Yep, that's all I'm going to talk about this week, I think. I still got plenty in the hopper, but, you know, pace wow. yourself. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> Jesus. Mark, look at you. <laughs> Mr. Big Shot over yeah, there. Fuck yeah, fuck you. Someone's all right, Jake, how about you? Uh, I, look, I just have one this week. You can get it on Netflix, though, so that, that counts for something, right? Low barrier to entry. Uh, I watched Monsters from 2010. This is directed by Gareth Edwards. He most recently did Rogue One. I think that's what he most recently did. This is, like, his first feature film, I think. I might be wrong about that, but... This movie is basically about like a NASA deep space probe. It's about monsters. A NASA (laughs) deep space probe has like crash landed into Mexico and monsters evolved from the rubble, I guess, into 
this whole situation where Mexico is now like a quarantine zone and it kind of, it treats it as if like, this is well after that happened. So they have it totally un- under control, but Mexico is like a quarantine zone, kind of like in uh district nine, they have that all like kind of taken care of, I guess, if you, if you want to look at it that way, it's, it's well after the fact, the initial contact. Uh, but it's basically, it follows a guy who works for like a Nat Geo or a time or something. He's a photographer and he's basically on a rescue mission to get boss man's daughter who is in Mexico back to the U S uh, it follows it kind of like a documentary as they are trying to get out of the quarantine zone. Uh, it's like a sci-fi horror film, but really it's kind of just this drama it was really interesting. I it, Nothing about this really screamed horror to me, but I thought it was a good watch, and that's primarily from the standpoint of it being, like, a low-budget indie film. This, th- this fucking thing, like, the effects were phenomenal, and they were pretty much all CG, but they were done really, wow. really well. Like, usually if that happens, I'm way out, but I was way in on this one. Like, it was, it was probably one of the best instances I can think of that... CG aided the film. Usually it's kind of a detraction, but this guy, like everything that he did from a framing standpoint and then add things in after it looked really good and it didn't take away from, you know, what I was experiencing as a viewer. Interesting little flick. Nice. Not what I was expecting. Didn't know what I was expecting, but you can get it for free and it's, it's kind of a cool different type of movie. So it's all I have. It's free on where it's free on Netflix. Netflix. If you have Netflix, it's free. Okay, so you have to pay for If you for don't, Netflix, then though. pay for Netflix, and then it's quote-unquote free. Okay. I think it's on YouTube Red. <laughs> it actually probably is. I don't know. YouTube Pro or something. You can rent things on YouTube is what we're getting at here. <laughs> the terrible fucking joke. <laughs> yes, <Fuck>. and? <laughs> and take me to the feature presentation. Over at AdazyHorror.com this week, we watched 1998's Sphere, uh, based on the book Sphere by Michael Crichton. Jake, uh, you picked this movie. I did. And uh, I, I'm pretty eager to jump into this movie, so we're going to get yeah. there soon. But Jake, to you picked jack, this jack, thing. Jack, 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 to dive in. Yeah, buddy. To dive. To dive in. Yeah, Thank you. Mother to dive in. shit! Guys, <laughs> we just missed a huge opportunity to call our segment Beers for Spheres. Oh, I meant to God, bring that yep. up. I'll fix it in post. You Damn know what? I'll it. fix it in post. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Good. Um, and Jake. Yeah. What do you, you want? You pick this thing. You uh, know what that means. No. You're gonna have to hit us with a 30 second plot synopsis. 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock, and it's gonna start when you start. So we've discovered a spacecraft at the bottom of the ocean. It's been there for a few hundred years. We sent Dustin Hoffman, Samuel Jackson, some other people like Sharon Stone and Liv Schreiber down to the bottom to explore and make contact with what we think is an alien presence. They get there, find an abandoned spacecraft that appears to be from America and a gigantic sphere. People start going into the sphere. And from there, horror ensues. People's fears start fears, not spheres, start coming to life. A lot of people die, and eventually, if you make it out, send that shit away. Time. Eh. Decent. <laughs> you spent a little bit too long distinguishing fears from spheres, I think, for like a tight recap. Jack, also, just listing the important. members of the cast. Also important. <laughs> Arguably the I, most important part. I think you'll find that I hit the important parts 
fairly adequately, gentlemen. You you did say horror ensues. As we learned from Adam, horror ensues. It's a good catch-all. It's a very good catch-all. Yeah. 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 Okay. I don't think I missed Jake. anything. What? Oh, I missed a big <laughs> part. Missed, Hold on. Like, I missed something. I missed something. Queen Latifah is <laughs> also in the ca- Queen yeah, Latifah is also in the Jesus cast Christ. and she gets stung to death by that jellyfish. The there. worst casting. She does not belong in that role at all. What are Shut you talking up, Jack. about? Shut the fuck up. She does great it's in 1998, that role. 1998, dude. Shut up. <laughs> what do you what are your questions? What did I miss? What did I miss? Well, mm. there are sea creatures I mean, that are involved. I said their fears come to life, all right? I didn't have to get into the whole 20,000 Leagues thing. We can get there. We will get there. The it's a synopsis. The end of the film. I said they'd send, they'd go by, they'd send that shit away. That was the end of the film. And that some people make it out. Also, they don't <laughs> send it away. I said that, it too. It just leaves. I said they make it out, and they yeah. send it away. They don't send it away, though. <laughs> they choose to forget. Fair. And that satisfies it. Yeah, that's so... T- uh, okay. Dude, they're going to get satisfied. why the fuck did you pick this movie? Because I have very fond memories of this as a child, <laughs> frankly. Yep. So what that's is your experience with this and... movie? Oh, dude, I watched the shit out of this. It, like, right around 98 to 2000. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Had you read the book when this movie came out? Not when it first came out. I did see the movie first, and then I read the book, and then I watched the movie several more times. Okay, but have let me ask you this. Okay. Had you seen The Shape before? Probably. Yeah, Maybe not okay. perfectly, though. <laughs> the I've seen a lot of things down to the spherical, but I don't know if down I've seen the, it what, perfectly. What do they say? Micrometer? We're going to get into that because it was way too undulating. Yeah, that, for that to be true. Please hold everything for the nitpick station because that's going to be—it's a long station okay. this week. Okay, 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 okay. Well, okay, so that's Jesus. my history right. with it. How about you? Um, I saw it after I read the book. Sphere was one of my absolute favorite books growing up. I loved it so much. I read it's it when book. I was like probably too young, and it wrecked me. That good book, book. F- floored me, man. I was scared of everything forever. Good book, it, good movie. Jesus. Yeah, I did not enjoy the movie when the movie came out because it was not the book. Well, that's wrong. It's not that bad an adaptation. We'll get into that. What's the scary uh, part of the book? Like, what were you particularly afraid of? The actual physical manifesta- manifestations, or was there actually, like, a psychological element to it, unlike this movie? It was entirely the psychological element. The book does a tremendous job of keeping you guessing while still scared of everything and paranoid about all the characters. And it's just, oh, it does a great job of isolating you. So as a kid, you were afraid that you were going to be afraid of something that was going to attack you? Yes. Great. Okay. Deep. And like, you don't have to be actively afraid of the things that are happening in the book to get engrossed in it and be afraid of those things. (laughs) I know, I was just basically, I've never read the book. Uh, my experience with this is I've seen the movie three or four times, I guess, at this point. Once when it first came out, and then two more times over the span of my life. And then once yesterday. Because <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so never good. read the and book. that took up a third of your life. <laughs> I've never really read the book, and I'm curious <laughs> as to what exactly was scary about it. Because... I feel like it should translate well into text, but it's really hard to tell only having seen the movie what like what the book feels like. Yo, are you talking shit right now? I am talking shit. No, right I'm now. not even talking yes. to you right now. Wait, are you talking <laughs> shit right now? <laughs> are you talking? I am. Oh. Who are we talking to? Oh, this is a mess. Here we are. <laughs> We've got off the rails. <laughs> Jake, what in the fuck subgenre of horror does this fit into? Nautical. 
Yes. Comma, we go to them. I I do not agree to that subcategory. Mark unilaterally added that without consent. Mark unilaterally adds everything, dude. It doesn't matter. This is a horseshit segment anyway. Just add shit as you want. Whatever. Do what you want to do. Just do it. Just do it. It's a sci-fi movie. Sci-fi. I think nautical is a great category. I totally agree with nautical. It's a nautical sci-fi. We go to them. We go to us. In a different to us. time, we leave and then come back. Yeah, <clears throat> which I guess brings me to the last one. You said sci-fi, Jack. That's obvious. Uh, Alien. Wow, that's first a- Alien is the last one, probably. Maybe extra dimensional. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Extra dimensional. Don't jackass. Don't. <laughs> Alien, comma extra dimensional. As opposed to aliens, comma, of our dimension. <laughs> I mean, comma, look. we go to us. <laughs> comma, we leave, find it, and then come back, and mm-hmm. then drop it, and then we find it eventually, and then Dude, we come the to Dude, the bin it. said basura, okay? Yeah, it was a joint, it was a joint U.S. and Mexico space station ship. Yes, it yeah. was very, it was very, very NAFTA-y. Yeah. Okay. Obviously. Let's what? talk about what this thing does right so we can breeze through that and I can start ranting about can it. Can you stop? Can you stop? No. It is so I good. Okay, stop. what does it do right? It's awesome. That's what it does right. <laughs> good. Get the fuck out of here. Say more things. Provide more analysis, Jake. We're, we're done. It's awesome. Uh, you watch it, it and it makes you feel happy and good inside and tingly. <laughs> Jesus. Unlike most God. movies except for maybe Independence Day. What do you want from and me? And Congo. Uh, and Congo. And this Congo, movie, yeah. you know what? This movie makes me feel a very similar way to Congo. It really does. Me too. It, I'll I, tell you I, what. Me too. I, <laughs> I think part of it is that I watched those movies a lot, like right <laughs> around the same time of my life. So they occupy a very similar memory zone. Did your VHS tape just have this on one? I guess it's only one sided. But like, was it a double feature VHS nope. tape? Two. Two distinctly separate VHSs. Although what? they occupied a space that was very. Uh, they were near each other in the VHS bin. So, like, literally <laughs> same space. This very movie is just space. delightful. Okay, what does it do, right? I think I, I think that the casting was stellar. Like, there yes. is a good cast here. Phenomenal cast. Uh, yeah. I do not believe Queen Latifah in that role for one second. Yo, headlined by Queen Latifah. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Ja- She's the best right cast one here. You fucking idiot. Queen Latifah Holy does a bad role. job in this role. Jack, we're talking about what the movie does right, okay? Okay, Dustin Hoffman's well, character, with Norman, yours. dude, Norman is, I think he p- plays his role really well, actually. I totally agree. Yeah. I like Dustin Hoffman, I think okay, he well that's Okay, how about you talk about what it does right then? How about you talk about what it does right in the what it does right segment, Jack? How about you do that? How about you adhere to the fucking segments? Good, good. T- tip topple. I like... Tip topple. <laughs> I like Dustin Hoffman. He does a very good job in his role. God. I like Sam Jackson. I think he does a pretty good job playing a really complex character from the book that is, I think, really hard to capture. And he, yeah. it's it's really tough because they compress his arc by a whole fuckload. But I think he does a decent job. Well, like, Jack, if they didn't compress it, it would be a four-hour movie instead of a two-hour movie. Arc. But he does a pretty good job. And Sharon Stone does a good job, too. Yeah. Liv Schreiber does a fine job, too. No, he doesn't. He, he does, does fine. A oh, I love Liv Schreiber. Honestly, he's, yeah. I think, next to Queen Latifah, I think he's my favorite. Jesus, I hate you so much. See, Jack, you're falling. You're falling into the trap of 
the I read the book first and I have an assumption of what this movie should be rather than just letting the movie live on its own. Adaptations are an interesting thing because it's going to hit everybody differently depending on like what their background is, which I appreciate. But the movie, me coming from the exact opposite side of it, having seen the movie first and then read the book, I didn't think it was that bad. You clearly do, so you'll have a lot to say later, but... The Shriver's character was fine. <laughs> what are you He's doing? He's better than fine. He's good. Did you see? Yeah. What is he shitting on? I don't get this. I think, I think both he and Queen Latifah and Sam Jackson sometimes are playing characters that belong in a goofy movie, and the tone of this movie is decidedly not goofy. I'll give you that. Leave character is cle- leave character. Leave Schreiber is very clearly <laughs> playing a character that is a uh, a huge exaggeration. Like I don't, all, yeah, I don't believe for a are. second that character exists. But within the movie, I think it's great. No, because the tone of this movie is not that exaggerated, apart from like a couple of scenes with Sam Jackson, Queen Latifah, and Leave Schreiber. I don't know what point you're trying to make, but I don't like it because everyone's he's not. great in this movie. He's not. He's not making a point. <laughs> Another thing this movie does right: <sighs> the setting, very unique setting, nautical. Yeah. It's a super unique setting, dude. Bottom of the ocean whore. Like, a bottom of the ocean base is not necessarily overdone in the genre. Yeah, I totally... I mean, it is it is actually interesting that it's an alien movie where we go to them. Because it's basically... The, the difference between being at the bottom of the ocean and being in outer space is essentially... Is nil. Nil, yeah. None. Which is a pretty interesting thought, right? Like Totally. Yeah, it really is. You're just in a blank abyss of nothingness. You can't really go outside. You're just trapped in there and being attacked by creatures that you don't know anything about. Yes. Yeah. Which segues. Uh, this is one thing I really want to talk about. This is one of the great thalassophobia movies. This is like a fear of the yes. deep, dark water. And frankly, as someone totally. who is horrified by jellyfish, uh, I don't think it's because of this movie, but this movie didn't help. No. No, that is legitimately something this movie does very, very well. Is like, the ocean is fucking scary. All of it, stay away. Oh, yeah. The opening 100%. line when they're walking to the to the base, and um, whoever their tour guide is is just like... I, I think it's Sharon Stone's character, actually. is just like, oh, yeah, shit down here. Way, poison- way more poisonous than, like, anything ever on the surface. Way poisonier. <laughs> way more poisony. Yeah. Just throws <laughs> that one out. Also, just so you know, if you see, like, anything, don't touch it. It will kill you. Fun little add-on. <laughs> these are also the most clueless smart people. Like, these are the most dedicated people. I'm not even saying this is something that the movie does wrong. Are you per, sure? Per are you se. sure? Anything well, you need to be sure. Look, you clearly like this movie for being goofy and fun. And this is definitely yeah. part of that goofy, fun thing. A big part of the way they deliver exposition is having uh, an astrophysicist not understand basic biology, having a psychologist have never heard of a black hole before. Oh, the best part <laughs> about that line is uh, is he's, what's a black hole? And then Lee Schreiber's like, this is what a black hole is. And then uh, Samuel L. Jackson interrupts him. He's like, no, 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 he knows what a black hole is. This is what a black hole is. <laughs> it's, why have why interrupt so, like, exposition it, with other exposition like <laughs> it doesn't make any sense if you like that this movie is goofy like that that's the part of the stuff that contributes to the goofiness i don't think that the movie is exceedingly goofy like a congo is though they do occupy a similar place in my memory uh this movie to me is is 
a lot more serious. Like there are legitimate moments of tension here. The the ocean has a lot to do with it. The what is happening kind of mystery around their whole goal and what they're uncovering has a lot to do with it. And then the psychological elements, though they're most of this is becomes tangible, has a lot to do with it as well. It's different than Congo. It really is. Sure. It's it's an interesting. So what else? Po- what else well, hold write? on. It's an interesting point because there is sort of like an interesting tropey way that people write super intelligent science people, and you see it in like Big Bang Theory and like Bones and stuff, where Bones. you assume. Well, that oh, dude, if you watch that show, which I've seen mm, essentially all of it, I haven't seen the last season, so don't spoil it for me. <laughs> Why? It's it's addicting, but it's it's really funny to see the way people write. People like they just don't have a comprehension for how like smart people do their jobs. So it's smart people viewed through the lens of like a normal average person. And yeah, it's just like bash you for being a nerd. fucking bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that, yeah, exactly like you're saying, the fact that an astrophysicist can't tell you that oxygen is in the same family or that. He will tell you that oxygen wow. is in the same family as fluorine and chlorine. That's a problem. It's crazy. We are talking about what the movie does right. Oh, yeah. Oh, what else you got? Jack tricked me. Yeah, uh, no shit. No shit he tricked you. The The trash slash basura scene is one of the great what the fuck moments in, in cinema. Maybe not it's in good. cinema as a whole, but it's a very good scene. Yeah, it is. Sure. You have the lead Now, in. would you care to describe that scene briefly for the listener? So, it's when they first arrive inside of the vessel, you have the lead-in of them showing up, and there's footprints in the dust. So, you know something's a little weird, because no one's supposed to have been in here for quite a while. And then, as they kind of scooby-doo it, they split up. One of them finds a trash can, dusts away the dust, and it says, Trash slash Basura, which is Spanish for trash. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. And they're like and that's the first moment where you realize it's like an actual human spacecraft, not aliens. And then yeah, as, no, I, I I like that scene a lot. Well, and then as soon as you're hit with that realization, five seconds later, there's a dude like a skeleton mummified body with a crushed skull that jumps out at you from nowhere. So you not only have this like kind of moment of realization of like, oh, things are not as they seem, and then jump scare. Boom. It's pretty well constructed. Yeah, totally. The entirety, like the entire sequence of them first being on that spacecraft is really good. Like when they discover the sphere, it's really good. There are good, like Dustin Hoffman's lines in this movie are amazing, dude. I actually really liked, and it the line still kind of gets me when they're like looking at the sphere. Some There's a regrettable line that happens. Liv Schreiber will get to that. <laughs> But then <laughs> Hoffman chimes in and he's like, guys, like the concerning thing to me, and I'm not going to be able to recite this correctly, so it's losing some of its punch. But he's like, the concerning thing to me is that it's not it's reflecting everything but us like that hits you or it hits me at least really well. It's like, oh, shit, that's right. I uh, yeah, weird. that's a great. I don't like as this. Well. I'm uncomfortable. Like, I agree. That's, yeah. So, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And and look, a big, big part of my problem is, Jake, you're right. This is a relatively faithful adaptation of the book. They do yeah. a lot of those big, weird scenes. The problem, having read the book first, is just that 
all necessarily right all of those are given way more time to breathe so like the weirdness with the sphere totally. and not reflecting them and the biology of the animals not quite being right as developed over so much longer that it just can't compare to that what the fuck is going on feel it's a hey, it's not an easy adaptation to make like not many books are it's pretty faithful which is good but you also end up with over a two hour is it over two hours oh yeah a two hour movie yes a long yes. movie two and a quarter hours boy this movie is two hours and we're gonna get that we're gonna get, we're gonna get to where that fits but do we have anything else that it does right <laughs> it's it's a tight 135 that's a, to me okay <laughs> hey it's you know, tight you want to talk tight 135 does does anybody else have anything this does right because i'm about ready to get to what it does middle we touched on it already Look, i will i will tell you this the movie for being Two hours and 15 fucking minutes long is paced pretty well. Yes, I agree with that. That is a backhanded compliment. Anybody else have anything this does right? Uh, the movie the is itself, the screenplay, I guess what you would call it, is is well written. I, I The story arc it will obviously stand on its own, but what I'm saying is the actual dialogue is pretty well written as long as you're willing to forgive a few issues with how super science people who got their second PhD when they were 19 talk to each other. Yeah. Well, also, and they go way too specific on science things that they just could have asked Jeeves. Yeah, and actually, I do kind of appreciate that when uh, Sharon Stone is dissecting the... Uh, it's not the snake, it's the jellyfish or whatever, and she's like, this isn't a jellyfish. And they just blow right by it. She doesn't provide any explanation as to why it's not a jellyfish. <laughs> it's just, this isn't a jellyfish. Right. The end. <laughs> right. But this yeah. movie's full of great like zippy one-liners you know you got the the at the end one of the best lines of this movie uh you know what what uh are you religious norman i'm atheist but i'm flexible (laughs) it's just shit like that throughout like you put rod serling in the report who even reads these reports that type of stuff Mm -hmm. huey lewis at the very beginning even gets a good line Mm -hmm. all this for a plane crash (laughs) they never mentioned a plane crash Dude, I, I wrote down. I just started take, keeping track there's of them. So there's so many. Like, there's like 15 really good one-liners from this and, one. And how many of those are Dustin Hoffman's? Um, most. Not most. Act, maybe, maybe, I mean, not most. Maybe mm. half. Maybe most. He, he plays that character a lot like he plays Rain Man. Samuel L. Dude, Jackson actually has some pretty good lines, too. He plays I, it great. I, I, like his, I like his, see, it's not impossible. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, I mean, well, okay, so you give good actors good lines, and they're going to deliver. Yeah. Gold. They're going to deliver gold. Were you drinking? Just like Congo. Yes, but I wasn't driving. That's a good one. Sharon Stone. Yeah. yeah. They all, they yeah. all, it's, honestly, it's a pretty yes. equal share all the way around. It Okay, I think Hoffman gets the lion's share, but they do all have some, some zippy zippers. He gets the plurality, but not the majority. Uh, okay, fair. Yep. Middle? The chapters. What it does middle? middle. What the hell is what the it point does of the chapters? Kind of a middle thing. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely yeah. a middle thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. on one hand, I like the stylistic choice to just put block text on the screen that arbitrarily differentiates <laughs> the movie into, like, seven seconds. Well, they're, like, and they're really weird things. I can't recall any of them because they're totally unimportant. The surface? Well, it was, like, surface. Like, so you got and the then surface? It gets, Hold on. You got the surface, the deep, the analysis, battle stations, further analysis. <laughs> so it's, like, it kind of makes sense. It's, like, logistical, and then it's, like, fuck it. But okay. also, did I need a title card to tell I, me that we're still on the surface when I'm yes, cl- like you have these sweeping shots of aircraft carriers and shit? Oh my god! I can I can piece two things together. I'm pretty sure that's above the water. 
it's like that trope of subtitles telling you where something is unnecessarily, like when they're flying around fucking London in the eye of London. It's like, London! <laughs> but worse. Just somewhere not underwater. Date. The 15th of the month. <laughs> Jake, I feel like you had a does middle teed up. I, I did. Uh, it... What this thing does middle is the, the length of the movie, because like we were talking nope. about this. Yes, it is. It's a really long movie, but Should but it's paced pretty well. And it's kind of a hard like books are notoriously difficult to adapt to screen. And it's a pretty faithful adaptation. I think it's what it does middle. It's really difficult to take this book and create a screenplay that is going to make for a movie that you want to watch. Okay. What ended up happening? A really long movie wasn't paced super poorly, but it was really long. To me, that is net net middle. So, question for you: Should it have me, been longer, me. or should it have been shorter? I would have liked for it to have been shorter, but I didn't think that it was like extremely boring. And I'm not sure I can pick out like a ton of places that could have significantly shortened it. There are at least 25 weird two-second interstitial shots that it could have cut out that are in there for no reason. I'm sure there's a thousand more. There's like, I'm thinking specifically, the one that stands out to me the most is when Dustin Hoffman is flossing his teeth and Sam Jackson's in the shower. Great scene. It stops their dialogue. It stops their dialogue and cuts to the shower dripping. I went back and timed it for three and a half seconds. They're not yeah, talking but, over it, but and it's in the bored. middle of their conversation. But you weren't bored, and you Why? said this was so. The but you you yourself have already said on this podcast the pace did not suffer all that bad in this movie. That would be a pacing issue. It's, so it's something not worked. abysmal. Something worked, but that, goddamn, it's unnecessary. Well, and that's kind of the type of shot to like let the moment breathe a little bit to establish. There's a little bit of growing tension. The dripping water is a bit kind of like a some, dripping water torture. You some, know what I mean? Some, Think some about tension. it. So, some Jake, tension? here's why I disagree with you that the movie is not – it's not a middle thing how long it is. It because is. Because I, I, I do agree that movies from books are notoriously hard to adapt, right? Adapted screenplay is a super, super hard thing. Yeah, and that's that's not a that's not a novel thought on my part. A novel thought? No, no. Ah. hey books. Jesus, Mark. See, Jake's making buns. By the same token, this this one didn't make a choice in either direction. They hit all the beats of the book, but didn't give enough time to any of them. Mark, you mentioned it earlier. When they cut open the jellyfish, that's an iconic scene from the book and is early enough, early enough on that it establishes how fucking weird everything is because they talk about it and establish like why the jellyfish are different. And here they, they, they hit... All those beats, like, these aren't jellyfish, and uh, I can't see my reflection in the thing. But they just, they touch on them only to touch on them without, and, and I prefer to it's just, just cut those weird things out and develop them. Or, I don't know, breeze through them better. Like, there, there's one way or the other to go, and they picked the middle. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, you could make this a 90-minute movie that has, where you cut substantially from the book, but it's 90 minutes. Or you could make this, like... A four-hour-long epic. You could turn it into it, you know? <laughs> a six-hour, two VHS tape, made-for-TV movie type <laughs> approach. How long was the Andromeda strain? That was that was another one that was, like, nine hours long or something, wasn't it? So they, so took, wow, I was... they took the middle? Yeah. So it's something the movie does middle. It's exactly. It's literally <laughs> yes. something the movie does middle. Yes. 
while I was watching this movie, I was reminded heavily of Black Mountainside because that's a movie that I feel like had way more weird stuff going on in the weird stuff leading up to the climax, but they cut it way the fuck down and let the weird stuff that was on screen breathe a lot. And that's what this movie should have done. Like, Black I think Mountainside. That, yeah, Black Mountainside does a really, really good job of developing that something's off here and we're not quite sure what feeling, but without a thousand examples that don't give it enough time to breathe. Anyway. Jack, I have a question. Yeah, buddy. Do you like the movie Black Mountainside? Uh, Never seen it. Just, just a little. Okay. Wanted to make sure. Okay. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think... Uh, yeah, it's going to take us on what the movie does wrong. It's too fucking long. I've been talking about this for a while. So it does middle. <laughs> Honestly, don't have too much else to say about it being too long. I've been screaming about that for a while. It's too long. Mark, what do you think the movie Yeah, you've wrong? made your point. So here's the thing. <clears throat> this is a science-heavy movie. Uh, I am increasingly losing faith in people's ability to understand science at even elementary levels. So... I did this with Cloverfield Paradox. I'm going to do it again. The science is great. We're combining does wrong with nitpicks because I feel like we're just going to be stepping all over each other with if we're trying to separate those two categories. <laughs> we're at nitpick station and what the movie does wrong. Here we go. <laughs> I mixed it up this time. Wow. I like that. I like that a lot. So one of the first scenes in the movie... They talk about where they're introducing the team, and they're like astrophysicists, psychologists, whatever. So they call Sharon Stone's character a biochemist, and then they call her a biologist, and then they call her a marine biologist within about 30 seconds of each other. Like, figure out All very what your things. fucking role is. Yeah, well, I mean, a biologist and <laughs> marine biologist, I guess that's fine, but, like, biochemistry is a separate thing. A whole other thing, yep. <laughs> That's that's just a nice little like flag at the very start of the movie of just like look we did not have any attention to detail <laughs> whatsoever and she's a very poor marine biologist when Dustin Hoffman is getting covered and getting the most dangerous venomous snakes in the world up his legs Sharon Stone grabs a few of them which are clearly awake and thrashing around and trying to bite him and clearly and not says, snakes they're these are snails. nocturnal. What's that? They're clearly like lampreys or whatever. I don't think they're sea snakes. Whatever they are. Whatever uh, they lampreys? are. Lampreys? These the fuck out of here. These are nocturnal. They're only, only dangerous, dangerous at, at night. night. <laughs> they're only dangerous at night. That's how biology works, Jack. That's how biology works. Dude, it's animals t- produce venom for 12 hours a day, right? <clears throat> they're they're tired. They're not going to do anything, okay? But these are clearly not tired. They're thrashing they're, about. They're, they're too tired. One of the snakes climbed vertically outside of the water up Dustin Hoffman's pant leg. And now he's tired. <laughs> he's not going to do anything else, okay? He did all he's going to do. He, he wasn't trying to bite him. He just wanted to get up in there. Yeah. They only he wanted so to see energy. Dustin Hoffman's snake. Huh? 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 Oh, we went blue. Okay, here's, here's <laughs> something I actually am legitimately curious about what you guys thought about it. I... I what do you think of the sphere itself? There's nothing to fear but sphere itself. Oh it my looks- god! Boo! <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Fuck! Okay, listener, Jake is referring to me having to be on Skype on my phone for various reasons, and it's falling sometimes. No, I'm referring to Mark's goddamn joke, but thanks. <laughs> oh. My joke was This great. is all just we'll a shit show. We'll be behind the curtain there. <laughs> that um, was terrible. 
The sphere looks good when nothing is interacting with it, I think. I like the warbly floating nature of it, and I think it actually holds up pretty well until uh, anything goes anywhere near it. <laughs> until they have to, like, model it. Until it, until there's a reflection that has to be till, put onto it. Yes. Yeah, till it's not just something they made in Photoshop. <laughs> I mean, I think it... Jake? It looks okay. They did the best job of making it something that could age well whilst being a substantial amount of the shot that is computer generated, but it still also is just like, honestly, the thing that is most annoying about it is leave Schreiber walking up and being like, I bet this thing is a perfect sphere down to the micron or whatever. And like, you can visibly see that it has you ripples can see. on it. You can there tell are, I mean, it's not a, fr- a sphere by a matter of inches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so wavy. It looks like goddamn Velveeta queso, man. Well, that's not what my queso <laughs> looks like, but I appreciate the effort. Have you ever shaken your queso? I've never shaken my queso. <laughs> that might be what it looks like. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. It. You haven't shaken it. That's true. I haven't uh, done the science to determine the queso, viscosity Mark. of the queso. It's similar. You'll find. <laughs> um, while we're on the subject of the sphere and what it looks like, Sam Jackson... Is great. Goes into the sphere. Uh, yes. They watch it from the closed circuit television cameras. Yep. <laughs> he doesn't so much go into the sphere as he as he turns into a paper two dimensional version of himself and floats along the surface of the sphere briefly and poorly rendered. So, so this is an effects thing, right? That's definitely an effects thing. Do they do this in better detail in the book? How do they handle this in the book? In the book, you never actually... So when when he first goes into the sphere, you don't know how he gets in. He's just in and they don't out. describe Nobody it in actually detail, actually sees right? yeah. people go into the sphere for a while. Yeah. Um, and then when people do go into the sphere, it's kind of described how the other... And then when they do go into the sphere later, I mean, they... Dustin Hoffman turns kind of translucent-y and then shoves his... Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> character Dustin Hoffman. Norman. Yeah, character Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> okay. Just shoves himself into the sphere, and that's kind of how it's more described in the book, but it's more being a state of not in the sphere and then in the sphere. You think so about you it. You just sort of trans you just are transported within. Yeah. I mean sort of how he comes back out, right? He goes from not being there to just sort of fading into existence. Correct. Yes, which is why the choice to make Sam Jackson turn into two dimensions and then float in a terribly rendered angled like after effects painting around the surface of another it's of another so poorly rendered weird. object <laughs> it's such a weird choice. i don't understand like why make that choice you don't have don't to know. you just don't have to it just doesn't make any yeah. sense and then why not repeat it when dustin hoffman goes into the sphere holy mackerel <laughs> i mean yeah a very <laughs> very clearly a mistake on their part <laughs> and they did it twice though i don't get it you make it multiple times. Oh, <laughs> fool me once. I don't get it. <laughs> fool me it twice. Is. Still shame on you because it's only one movie and I don't have any ability to change any of the things I'm seeing. <laughs> exactly. Fool me twice. Shame on you still. <laughs> Assholes. Um, another thing the movie does wrong. This, I think, is the biggest loss in translation between the book and the movie. Oh, other than the overall, like, just slow building tone that you could never replicate in a movie because the book is really, really long and the movie can't be that long. But... Sam Jackson's character, the the compression of his character is 
crazy. Because in the book, he, like, starts to go a little bit crazy and is figuring things out a little bit faster than everybody else and, like, bits and pieces here and there. And it's not just all of a sudden he knows he's cracked the code based on nothing. Jerry. Uh, which, incidentally, is not how that code works. But he, it's, uh, it's not just that he instantly knows things and is a genius and is behaving very oddly. Yeah, well, I, want, thing, I wanted to like ask you about this. He's the, the only person who goes into the sphere who undergoes a substantial, like, character shift. He goes from being, like, a funny, cool guy to being, like, a weirdo sociopath. Do they explain yeah. why that happens? Because in the movie, it makes no sense at all. I mean, all. number one, in the book, he's changing slightly, right? And the sphere alters your consciousness, and everybody has that. And it amplifies some of the worst parts of what your brain is just based on you being afraid of things. But his the transition is totally believable in the book. It's just like an odd behavior here and there for a long time. And then it, it they, they're trying to crack the code forever, and he finds the one piece that leads them to eventually crack it. It's not just like, and now Sam Jackson's a fucking maniac. Yeah, now he's just totally blasé about random people dying. Just, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the a weird that, shift. It doesn't translate well. Yeah, the thing that I was interested in that's related to his character and because we're at nitpick station slash what it does wrong, I'll mention it now, is the code, like you mentioned, Jack. It just That's something that does not, and I don't know what they possibly could have done, but it doesn't translate well from book to movie. Because you, there's no, there's no time to see it in the movie, and eventually, like Dustin Hoffman's character's like, oh, like they have to throw something in where he like figures out they had it wrong, but in the book, it's like, that's like the catch in the book, right? Because like they show it to you, and you're not gonna like do anything with it. You're like, oh, it's numbers, and then eventually, right. like you, if you would have sat down at that moment when it first presented you the code, you would have realized that it was incorrect. Right, totally. but like throughout the course of reading the book, it <laughs> well, provides no. you with the opportunity to like discover that. So that's interesting. You you could have you could have cracked the code yeah. from the very beginning. It's not yeah. it's not just you can they go back and like figure you. it out. Yeah, <laughs> this right. is it's not that they told you. Oh, it's the shape of a sphere, and I instantly have an algorithm or a program to generate this shape on the screen. So no, it's not that it complicated. It's not that complicated. We're talking letters and. But numbers. what I mean is that that's a clearly custom program. That's like all of a sudden there for no reason. They they, they weren't. Code they type cracking. really fast. They type really fast, Jack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so that really bugs me in the movie. So yeah. that, wait, does I, I'm a little bit confused about what you're saying. Does that make more sense? Where it's all it doesn't happen all at once. Where they're just like, oh, obviously it's the projection of a QWERTY keyboard projected from the inside of a sphere, starting at the middle and spiraling outward. That's what they just yes, jump to. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes a lot more sense in the book where they recognize pattern. It's like actual code breaking in the book. He does a good job of describing code breaking where there's actual patterns that they start to recognize and those patterns lead them to the development of something almost like a word, which then the Sam Jackson character like puts together as, oh, these things are things you could like put together on a keyboard like that. It, it It's a very organic. It doesn't uh, just present you with a spherical QWERTY. Okay, next question. <laughs> Next question. Uh, does the the issue with the code breaking make any more sense in the book then? Because if you were so if it's in the book in the movie, it's just a straight up numerical cipher. One equals G, two equals W, whatever, as very clearly stated by 
Dustin Hoffman's character as he's writing it down. But then that logic, yeah. when you reorganize all of the words, doesn't make any goddamn sense because it goes right. from... It wouldn't just be that two of the letters were different. It'd yeah, be, it would every be every single thing you've ever read. Different. Different. Every, none of yeah. the... Yeah, none of the... It would all be gibberish. In fact, the sentence itself it makes a lot that they translate... Because it, be it isn't just a direct translation of a number to a letter on the QWERTY keyboard. Like, like the, key, the QWERTY keyboard shape is the cipher you need, but there's another step, too. It's not just a direct correlation. And ultimately, the only changes it makes is changing Jerry to Harry. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the cipher difference. No, no, and like it is a real code in the book that actually does work. And the mistake is there and fixable at the beginning if you get it right. Hmm. If you know what the code is. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of this. This is <laughs> my. This is book. what I sound like when I'm skeptical. Okay, pick up the book. No, you I do it. Don't. I don't like to read. I know. It's tough. <laughs> Things are hard, man. Okay. So, this is a nitpick. Is it? Well, we're when at nitpick and does wrong, good, so don't worry about identifying them. When they're at the door, Sam Jackson's talking about all the risks associated with going in. He said, how do we know these? this is like us? What if it inhales air and exhales cyanide gas? That's perfectly plausible. No, it's not. Totally That's plausible. certainly a possibility. But that is not perfectly plausible. It's perfectly plausible. That would be crazy. Doesn't plausible just mean... Plausible and possible mean the same thing. I'm totally Uh, fine with that one. Well, if he had said that's perfectly possible, I would have said no. No, there's an outside likelihood that some kind of system we do not understand would convert air to cyanide gas. But it's not perfectly possible nor plausible. I, I mean, it's his. It seems like his whole character's point is that low probability things are possible, and if we start basing things off of anthropocentric reasoning, then we're going to have vastly underestimated probabilities of things occurring. And we do see cyanide as an output wrong. of of biological processes all over the place. So then they wrote his dialogue wrong. Well, I mean, they were trying to punch it up, but I mean, the point. His point is well made. I actually, I don't, I don't have his, any. His point with is that, well made. At all. But they've made him an all-knowing genius, and so you shouldn't have the all-knowing genius say this is equally as likely, which is how his dialogue comes across. He didn't say equally as likely. He said perfectly plausible, which is. I think he said the words verbatim, equally as likely. Uh, maybe even more likely. He might have said. I think <laughs> he said, "I am positive <laughs> this atmosphere is going to be filled with caustic <laughs> cyanide." I've run the numbers. Uh, okay, I got one. Beth's notes, yeah. when when Harry wakes back up, when Samuel L. Jackson's character wakes back up and he starts eating breakfast foods, Beth's notes, did, did you guys see this? She's sitting at the table, and she has a notepad, and she's absentmindedly mindedly scribbling on it. And her notes are just the words, sphere, egg, sphere, egg. Drawing I like of it. A sphere, did drawing of an this. egg. Sphere, comma, Egg. Drawing Fuck. an egg. That's something the movie does right. And she's the sane rational one. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't gotten into the sphere at this point. That's just that's just what she's writing. That is what her I observational fear eggs. is. They do such a weird thing with her character where, like, she's like, obviously has a bit of a troubled past with the psychological issues she's had, but they make, they really make it seem like she never got over any of that shit, and is not a functional human being whatsoever. Yeah. Totally. 
They play that a little bit ham-fistedly, actually. A lot of it ham-fistedly. Yeah. A lot of it. A yeah, it's it's it. not it's not the greatest at all. No. Yeah. No. It's unfortunate. <laughs> a little bit. But what can you do? <laughs> um, speaking of Sharon Stone's character and her mental instability. Uh, oh, yeah? When the dickhead general guy is asking her, is grilling her about what medication she takes. Oh, I love that guy. He's fine. She issues the following statement. You know, I might take a piece of Xanax every now and again. I think she says piece. She just says, I'll take a Xanax. Mark, I rewound it four times. (laughs) I promise you, she says, I might take a piece of Xanax. And you know what? I might rent the... We'll see how I'm feeling when I'm editing. But I might rent the fucking movie again, just so (laughs) I can splice that audio in. Because she says... I might take a piece of Xanax every now and again. Do it. Do it. I dare you to do it. I and dare it, you to do it. This is starting off. This is like the opening scene of the movie. This is the tone that the movie's setting me off on. A character saying, I'm going to take a piece of Xanax. You do it. You better do it. You know, once in a while, sometimes I might take like a piece of Xanax or something if I'm nervous. They, you know, they have a lot of issues at the start that are all red flags for what is about to happen to you. Throughout the rest of the movie. That being they? one of them. Do they? Yes, they do. Do they? Yes, they do. So that's, that's what I just said. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, this I is definitely one where I'm sure it made more sense when you were reading it. But in the in the movie, the ending is utterly nonsensical. I don't, I don't mean once they're yes. on the surface, but as they're trying to escape from the lab while the explosives are primed and counting down, they can't tell if they're in a sub or underwater or on the space station or in the sphere or somewhere else. And it's the first point where up until this, all of the manifestations are real manifestations. They're not hallucinations. They're actual real things that are attacking you. And then all of a sudden they go into this weird station where it's like, now everything's a hallucination and is not a manifestation, and we've totally changed the modality of how this thing works. Yeah, no, that is something that is very much lost in translation, and it's part of the compression, right? They wanted to get all that weird stuff in that, but they have to compress the climax, too, in, in term, instead of all the crazy shit happening. They, they have to combine the loss of the station with the, the complete, you don't know if you're losing your mind or everything that's happening or what you can and can't control. Like they, it's, it's just an artifact of the compression. I mean, I get why it's there, but it's still bad. It still is not translated well to the screen. It's not a I good screen play at that point by any yeah. stretch. It makes no sense. Right. No, it goes along with my general thing of just like this lost a lot of what the book was, which is fine, but also didn't like do anything new and interesting. Yeah. But I'm also trying to talk about this as a movie and not just as a book that has a movie as a, yeah, I'm trying to view this, like, as a movie. Like, just as a movie. Totally. You know what? Moratorium on book talk, guys. This is a this is a podcast about watching things, not reading things like nerds. Yeah, you, you nerds. fucking nerd. nerd. I'm bash work. You. We did that you, you did up. the hour in, Mark. One hour in. We're not going to talk about the book. No, I, I do. And I'm I, still definitely going to talk about the book. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the ending of this movie, Moratorium is in place. Ending of this movie suffered, I think, big time. Very much. Doesn't so. doesn't work. There's got to be a better way to do it. Shit. I mean, even they would have got the bends too, man. Big well, time. They decompressed for three days. Nah, man. They still would have got the bends. They came up pretty fast. They had to. 
Got the Baby's big time. That doesn't matter. Baby's they're got a, the bends. Jake, they're in a pressurized vessel. That doesn't matter. Mm. They're going to get the bends. That's not how that works. It will. Plus, that can just be afraid of not getting the bends, and then it'll manifest itself. Ooh, that's exactly. a really great answer, actually. I like that a lot. <laughs> Bang. See? I'm pressurized now. I believe I'm pressurized. But for real, they, they wouldn't have gotten the bends. But they could have got the bends. But they wouldn't have. But they could have. <laughs> not how that Actually, works. no, they couldn't have because they don't even have nitrogen in their system. They replaced it with helium. You get, you get bends. Oh from yeah, that's right. Being. That whole scene. You can cut that whole fucking scene right the fuck out. It'll take away from the goofy tone of the movie. Yeah. You do not need that four minute scene of Sam Jackson asking if he's a member of the Lollipop Guild. See, and then they could have got the bends. And that that and that adds so much. Well. Technically, you wouldn't you if you were doing deep sea stuff. You use helium. You don't use nitrogen for a lot of reasons. But also, that's kind of what I feel like Crichton does to a certain extent. Is he includes these little snippets of like ninety percent of the way there science? <laughs> Just don't think too hard. Totally. About it. No, I mean that's why Crichton is great, right? Because he is yeah. he's really good at that hand waving thing of like here's a halfway plausible explanation, and I'm not going to dwell on it or give you too long to think about it because well, I'm writing yeah, a compelling story. My question is, like, is there anything wrong with that? The answer should be no. Like, not everyone's a fucking nerd scientist like you, Mark. So, hey. I think it's fine. Like, not not everyone is going to view this through the lens of, like, what is the most scientifically accurate representation of how this would play out? Jack's the one who read the book, nerd. You're all nerds. <laughs> so did Jake. So, the one... Oh, I there's did. Actually, I did. That's, good. that's a good scene to talk about for a moment, because there's a lot of things that are problematic. First off, <laughs> Lee Schreiber, who is an astrophysicist, does not understand that oxygen is in a different family than See, now he's doing the thing again. He's doing the thing. He's that doing is a thing. tenet of astrophysics. You have to understand the periodic table to have an idea of how astrophysics works. Like, oh. yes, gravity also, is more important, but... Also, he talks about how everything's corrosive and he's like hydrofluoric acid hydrochloric acid guys let me ask you this what's the hydro version of oxygen is it is it <laughs> it's water? water it's water water is the thing he's water. talking about that's the analog that he's hey. choosing to, to focus on deionized water is corrosive yes very minorly corrosive i'd rather take a bath in deionized water than hydrochloric acid <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. I think Leif Schreiber, Leif Schreiber would beg to differ. Also, steer clear the, water. The random one sentence, and then they call back to it later. Thing of like, what did they even say? Put on your voice regulators. That's the only thing that they they live in a Put helium environment. They have to wear these your voice regulators. Voice regul that are nowhere to be seen yeah, throughout the rest of the movie. Like they, these people change. Sam Jackson is naked in the shower. His voice is normal. It's this was next up my nitpick list. What What's wrong? is What's the wrong voice regulator? What's wrong with being naked in a shower, Jack? Nothing, but he's he should go back to being a member of the Lollipop Guild. Yeah, he should sound helium y. That's why they can get the that's why they should get the bends. That's not oh, how you get Jake. I just feel like some people should get the bends in this movie. <laughs> you get oxygen toxicity is what you get. It would it would have been a lot better if people got the bends. That I know. <laughs> what they should have actually so they do that they do all the legwork at the start to say if you come to the surface without depressurizing, you'll literally like explode. That's the thing they should have done. Have one person like not escape properly. Explode? Somebody and, explode? Yeah. They could have had Queen Latifah explode. They could have. She she did oh, just as little. Oh, her death was gruesome and necessary. You need her death in there. Her oh yeah, absolutely. Great. You need Fair. someone what to if, explode though. What about what about the work. other the other equally throwaway well more throwaway woman who was like just down there? 
What about her? They could have had her explode. <laughs> talking about Edmonds, the one <laughs> the who was that woman. I actually feel no. like her death is also is pretty good. The one whose death sucks is is uh, the captain guy Barnes, who just gets cut in half by a door. But I, I actually feel that to everybody a, gets cut in half by a door, man. Literally, only one a, person gets cut in half by a door. But, no, in movies. But Edmonds Edmonds' death is actually <laughs> Come on. you don't see it, but the it's actually one of the few good jump scares in this. Like if we're talking Mark, about this movie Mark, as a horror, stop talking for a second. I have a real fast bet to pop on Jake. Oh, okay, Jake. Yes. This is a pressure situation. I'm just, there's no even alternative if you fuck up, but you're going to get to make me watch a movie if you get this right. You have 30 seconds to name me two other instances of a person getting cut in half by a door. Go. Everybody in everywhere. <laughs> 30 seconds? Is that what you said? <laughs> you're at 10 now. Or you, you're at, 11, I'm the official 12, timer. You got... You're at 10 now. Yeah, okay. I can't. I, I can't do it. Can you come up with a single other instance? No. Other than everybody every time? It 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 happens though. Does it? I think it's happened. I feel like it happens in the Alien franchise at least once. I feel like it I've definitely <laughs> seen it, but I can't recall any time. So I'll, I I don't feel like I ever made a bet, so I don't feel like No, that's, that's what I'm saying. It was a one-way bet. You were going to mm. get to make me watch a movie. I don't get to make you watch a movie oh, for fail. I see. I, I see. I feel like you I just get to make you look like a jackass. Them. No, I don't look at jackass. Like this definitely happens, but it's hard to recall. Jack. Listeners, listeners, get at us. Movies where people get cut in half by a door. Yeah, make Jack watch a movie. We get two of these. He's watching a fucking movie of your choice. Go. <laughs> Ooh, that's not the bet. <laughs> I agree. That's bold. To. Letting him pick. You the made movie the bet. Too. You made the bet, bastard. If if, if our listeners can come up with three instances of it, I you 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 get to make me watch a movie. Okay, fine. Agreed. I feel like you just need to go to tvtropes.com and and look up getting cut in half by a door. Okay, listeners, you can do this. I can't wait for you to have to watch some horse shit. (laughs) From the depths of Twitter, you're going to get a movie recommend. It's going to be so good. I'm out, boys. Are you kidding me? Finally did it. Mark has more science shit to talk about. I'm tired from ranting. Uh... Okay, so this is a big sticking point for me. You see the numbers 43 as the year, and every single person in this movie fixates on it being from 2043. No one thinks it can be from 2143 or 3643 or 6943 or anything like that. Again, just no dialogue. (laughs) Uh, Okay, also... The answer's no. This is actually a relatively big plot point. Why Is does it? the space lab have a high voltage defense system? Oh, true. What yeah, is the no, point that's of that? Not, it's not. I don't know. What was their depth again? It was just like a thousand feet. Uh, Twenty thousand yeah. fathoms or something. A thousand feet. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head what the explanation was in the book, but there is an explanation in the book of why they have it. Because that's in the book, too, right? And the whole point is that it has some flaw in it that causes fires. But why do you have it in the first place? There's no reason, no reason at all to have that in the first place. Precisely. Especially because they go out of their way to say sea creatures can't live at this depth. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Also, sea creatures aren't going to attack your shit. The only point, yeah. the only reason you would ever possibly have was if you were expecting the alien that lives inside of an air-filled space vessel to come outside into the water, be unfazed by that, and then attack your Boom. shit. That's that's why. That's why. That's stupid. Also, sea creatures can live at a thousand feet. 
I will say, I know. That's... They do they don't say I think in the book they just say jellyfish can't or the specific okay. sea creature that they encounter, but in the movie they definitely say sea creatures. Mark, That's... I will say this though. If I have found a spaceship under the sea and I'm building a under underwater sea. base to explore under it. Sea. Under the sea. Okay. Under the sea. I'm probably attaching a high voltage defense system because how much harder is it to attach? And I am exploring a goddamn spaceship under the water. We've talked about how scary under the water is. Like, I mean, cost of labor. Like, what? how hard is it to just attach some kind of defense system? And like a nine volt battery and some steel wool? Is that what you're talking about? Or like a legit... <laughs> like a legit former. defense system. Look, former. Nah, look, come on, if I'm former. going down under the water to investigate a goddamn spaceship, I, I'll take what I get. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a few hundred million dollars. That's your cost. Yeah. I mean, you are the U.S. government I mean, the ov- state in this case, so whatever. Just It's probably like, what, 2% of the overall budget of this goddamn thing. <laughs> that's so true. The helium budget alone for this <laughs> is place. This, this movie is roof. terrible for government ov- government waste and overspending. That's true. We'll talk about this movie's fucking budget, and we'll get halfway there. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna buzz through a few more, and then we can get to ratings because uh, really? I feel like you guys are out. D- Dustin Hoffman's reaction like at the been... beginning to "Oh, you found an alien vessel? Yeah, okay, cool. Bring me along. All right, <laughs> I'm totally fine with all of this. I'm a psychologist who's never heard of a black hole, but I'm okay with aliens. <laughs> oh, it's an alien. Yeah, cool. I'm totally prepared for this. Let's do this thing. All right, dude. He's gonna head shrink him. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, they also uh, really, really make his character, uh, I mean, terrible in any era, but especially bad in the Me Too era, (laughs) where he's taking advantage of psychologically troubled patients. Well, yeah, and I mean, on top of that, Sharon Stone's character is not well written from a Bechdahl rule. It's it's problematic on a number of levels. Uh, Okay. He doesn't even look cold after swimming on the outside. They go out of their way to say it's like zero degrees. Oh my god. I forgot about that. You, they they state at the beginning of the movie if you go you outside, will die. you won't. You, so you can go outside swimming in your skivvies, but it's cold as fuck, and you'll be hypothermic within like thirty seconds. And he swims for a good two minutes, and he's not even chilly. Like if you're yep. that cold, it's gonna take you twelve hours to recuperate under like professionally engineered circumstances. Like you're fucked. <laughs> you can't just yep. pop back up I and be like, I'm fine like- now. Yeah, he just the pressure of swimming died. at that depth would crush you. No, Jack. God, Jesus, that's not. <laughs> that's incredibly. You get the bends. No, you get the bends though. <laughs> that's not true. None of these things the are true. You can pressurize to. Oh my God. Listener, you get the bends. That's what it actually did right. That's part of what it did right. Wait, 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 wait. If you're all the way at the bottom of the goddamn ocean, the pressure on you isn't going to be tremendous. If you pressurize, then you're fine. I don't know. I mean, I, frankly, I don't know if you no, can go I don't mean pressurize in your meters, blood, but you can go. You can go under. You can free dive down to a few hundred feet below the surface and be fine. And actually, at that point, you can come back up without depressurizing. If you so free divers, but I, what say your thing, Mark? I'm not talking about pressurizing in terms of gases in your blood and all that stuff. I'm just talking of the weight of the fucking ocean on top of you, hurting you. I uh, you have helium. Happens. Helium, Jack. No. <laughs> I, I think, I well, as far as I'm aware, I don't know what it's like. I don't think you can go to the bottom of the Marianas Trench or whatever, like, but... No. You can. The body can survive... <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? ...sufficiently underwater, as long no. as it's pressurized to the correct thing. You can do deep dives down to a couple hundred feet or whatever. This is a thousand! 
That's a thousand <laughs> is a couple meters. Hundred. Okay, it's time to go to ratings. I, dude, I cannot describe to you how much your bones would be crushed right I'm gonna, now. I'm gonna have to look this up and get back to your you. Your bones would be crushed. I have, They'd I be have, crushed. I have two. I have. A, let me just finish with one. You get the bends too. Very important notification. We have gotten uh, a listener dropped us a nice little thing here, and I got I got a nice neat pick for us. Oh, oh God! Ooh, Mark, you got to name a listener. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. using his thing. His, his, the uh, opposite so, of a nitpick. So at Christian TMI gave us neat pick. Uh, I love that. That's the opposite of a nitpick. That is uh, way smarter than us. Yeah, he's he's better at this than we are. That's certainly uh, clearly. <laughs> have you been here for the last I don't know hour? <laughs> Maybe, hey, hey, hey! At Christian TMI, can you tell us whether or not we can go swimming underwater <laughs> at this depth without being crushed? Ever? No, no. As in opposed any to go swimming outside of the in water. Any circumstance, Fuck. can you swim underwater? This is what we need to know. But for realsies, though, I feel like we've swimming. gone the entire we've gone this entire podcast. We haven't even mentioned that Huey Lewis has a cameo as a helicopter pilot. That's so a neat good. Pick. That's one yeah, of the that's best things stuff. you can do. Totally. Yeah, that's a neat redeemed. One. This movie went totally redeemed. <laughs> redeemed. Itself. Ten out of ten. <laughs> we'll yeah. watch again. We'll oh, watch just again. wait for my fucking ratings. Oh, also, while we were talking about the, the one-liners, nobody mentioned Sam Jackson saying, what part of pull out do you not understand? It was <laughs> great. <laughs> Everything he says is a delight. All right. Ratings? <laughs> yes. Ratings. <laughs> we're going to go out on a very meek meek point. Yeah, that was terrible. You suck. <laughs> Under the sea. Under the sea. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. We over at A to Z Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Shaq would rate not being called Big Aristotle. From this day on, I would like to be known as the Big Aristotle. And for 10, think of how Pee Wee would rate how hard he's trying to use the phone. I'm trying to use the phone! Stories, the first category to rate these movies, Jake! Yes, sir. Your pick, your story. Yeah, I, the story here, we kind of alluded to this earlier. I think this is a fairly unique story from just a conceptual standpoint. Obviously, it comes from a Crichton novel, and I think that that helps it out because it is a fairly, like, it's a fairly, I don't know, what do you call it? <laughs> it's going well. It's fairly faithful to what the book actually <laughs> is. That's the words I was looking for. I, I'm going to give this a seven. I think that this is like a very unique story within the overall realm of like horror and horror tangential screenplays. And I think it deserves points for that. Interesting. I give it a five. Um, mm, that's yes, bad. It, it's building a lot on it, it. It's one of the coolest stories ever written, but the actual screenplay is not. Uh, it just took Crichton's idea and then made all of it less interesting. So really, as a really interested in what you're going to get for immersion. Okay. Uh, I think you know. Uh, Mark, what's your story rating? <laughs> it's funny how much our conversations change. I write all of my ratings down, and then we have these conversations, and then I regret what I wrote down. Uh, I gave this a... That's more of a comment on immersion than story. I gave this a six, so I'm right in the middle. I, I feel like you guys are saying it right. It's Crichton, but it just loses focus, you know? It, it yeah. just... Yeah. Yep. Compression sickness. Okay. Jake, we got to get through this immersion rating because I'm really curious to hear what kind of stupid ass thing Mark said about that. So, Jake, what's your immersion yeah, me, or me too. world I'll building just score? Yeah, I'm gonna blow right through it. I ended up giving this a five, and I think that that might be a little bit low, too high. 
Ooh, Billy. Well, <laughs> yeah, wow. Mark went really high. <laughs> wow. I gave it a five. Look, like there are some issues here. If you're in Jack's boat where you've read the book and you're comparing, I don't think that's necessarily the right mindset to go in with, but I will at least say that it's that's probably not. going to, you're probably going to have a bad time. Uh, it's also 135 fucking minutes long. It's a five. Yep, I gave it a three. Uh, too long. Um, okay. Too much. It's it's too disjointed in tone where sometimes it's goofy, sometimes it's really serious. It's it's really hard to stay focused on it. There's so many of the science issues we kind of brought up. And then there's just the thinking about how it was better in the book and this does not build on the same thing. So three, it's not a good immersion for me. Give it your um, ten, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a ten. Mark. Perfect ten. Oh my god. I gave it a seven. I gave it a seven, not a ten. Oh. Let the record show. Uh-huh. I'm not a psychopath. You're stupid enough. It's to. Ah. honestly the biggest. The biggest knock here is that it's over long. But like you said, it's so long. Pacing is pretty good. It never really drags. There's really good. We've watched shorter movies that feel longer. Yes, I'm surprised you got that right on the first go. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, it's got really good world building too. The other half of this <laughs> category. The whole point of being like stuck underwater. We we touched on this at the beginning. Is a great like world to be trapped within they do a good job of building the world of the future spacecraft as well as the sea base right and then on top of that just as far as a general barrier to entry of all horror movies this has a great cast it's going to be so much easier for the average person to be immersed in this watching leave schreiber and dustin hoffman and sharon stone and samuel l jackson and some guy named coyote and queen latifah then they are going to be watching another rando horror movie. And it's a great point. And to that, and beyond that, they all put turn in pretty good performances. There's, yep. it's threadbare at times, but for the most part, 90% of the time, great performances, really punchily written. It's actually pretty fun to watch. It's one of those movies where maybe you get caught up in a few of the details, but and the story itself is a little lacking at times because of the compression sickness. But honestly, very watchable, very good world building. Immersion's not quite there, but I have to put watchability in some category. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Effect nope, scare factor is our next category. Nice. Jake, what are you gonna give for scare factor? Yeah, it's hard for me to go super, super duper high because I think there's just enough levity introduced in a lot of these scenes to kind of remove from things. But at the same time, this is happening at the bottom of the fucking ocean and the ocean is really scary. I think they also do a really good job with some of the tension elements. Like, look, they're going down to the bottom of the ocean to examine a spacecraft that is unidentified. They think there are aliens on. And then there are elements where they're contending with the unknown sea creatures that really shouldn't exist down there i think there are elements like we didn't touch on this earlier but it's it's a great fucking twist i mean it's just Crichton's twist but it's a great fucking twist totally totally so i i think that like overall like in the context of a movie that is over two hours long it doesn't necessarily sustain scare but it does a decent job with the dread and the concept that you know, contributes to what scare is, is there. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a six. I I like that score. Um, I was waffling between a four and a five. I think ultimately I'm going to land on a five. I think there are some individually very scary scenes. The Queen Latifah death scene in particular wigs me the fuck out. And then when they're like 
not only her dying, like that freaks me the fuck out. She's stuck in a goddamn diving suit outside of the, Dude, the, the underwater ocean. station and jellyfish are, uh, yeah, horrifying. The ocean also, is scary. horrifying when they're pulling jellyfish tendrils out of her <laughs> with like tweezers. Yeah. Oh, I got a good word for it's you. Gross. I got so, a good word for you. Siphophobia. It's the fear of jellyfish. Thank you, sure. Mark. Sure. Yep. What was your like scare it. factor score? I gave it a three and a half. Uh, I, Terrible. I, yeah, I look. Take a lap. It's a good. But a seven for immersion. It's a, yeah, I know. It's a good psychologically scary movie if you really, really get into it. But I feel like you're bringing in a lot of baggage from the book, which I, I'm, I'm honestly fine with. This is a very subjective category. Here's what it boils you're down to. There's, there is, the there's, there's good scenes. Edmund's death, the sea snakes, psychophobia, the whole, we talked about their whole entryway into the uh, alien vessel earlier. Uh, The scene where uh, Sam Jackson and Dustin Hoffman are talking to each other, the whole we gonna die down here scene is actually pretty effective. Creepy. Yeah, really creepy. The whole point of like understanding that the future is telling you you can't possibly escape. (laughs) That's, I mean, I like those things. But that doesn't change the fact that 10-year-old me watched this movie and slept like a fucking baby and did not was not scared even remotely by this movie. And yeah, I'm afraid this of jellyfish. This stays with I'm you. afraid of jellyfish and yeah. I watched it and I was fine. Like it's a good point. That's this is a movie that I find terrifying in concept and not necessarily terrifying in its I don't even want to call it execution, but the the stay factor is not It's there. gone immediately. Yeah, it's got no linger. Yeah. But but when it's happening and when you're thinking about it, when it's when it's you're actually thinking about it, it is scary. It's it's an interesting yeah. balance. This came out the same year Not as Event Horizon, didn't it? Did it? It's, I mean, it has the exact same goddamn poster. They're, they're close. No, and Event Horizon. Event Horizon was ninety seven. Ninety seven. Okay, so I saw these yeah. two pretty close to each other, and Event Horizon scared the. Horror out of me. I, I still have well, emotional. Event Horizon scar- is a more visceral, viscerally scary movie. Yeah, but I still, ha- I yeah, like still have movie. emotional scars from that movie. And I saw this at roughly mm-hmm. the same time, and it did nothing. Yeah, no, tame. Yeah, by comparison, effects sure. or judicious. Uh, that's going to lead us into effects or ju- Mark. You son of a goddamn gun. S- son of a gun. <laughs> now, now we're censoring <sighs> ourselves. Jake. <laughs> yep, I can give it a score. I guess. Look, the inside of this sea base, by and large, doesn't doesn't look too bad. I think the same thing can be said for the spacecraft itself. Sphere, kind of janky. Don't really understand what's going on there, especially when you add the dialogue that was introduced to describe what they were seeing <laughs> as they were seeing it. And then you have all of the things that were at play with, like we talked about, the kind of 2D paper cutout thing floating around. All of that looked severely <laughs> jank. I'm going to end up giving it a five. I'm going to split it right down the middle because I think some of those sets were so well done. But yeah, everything that had to do with the titular sphere, I thought was a bit lacking, which is regrettable. Yeah, I give it a four. Um, I And and some of the death scenes are good and scary and the jellyfish, they, they work pretty well. Even the, the fucking snails, Mark saying they are slugs, whatever, lampreys. I think, I honestly, I honestly think they, I remember reading somewhere they used slugs. Like sea slugs, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Terrible. I mean, they're slugs in the book, but they're go. not. I like. <laughs> um, they also don't move like that. I and they're not dangerous because it's night. 
I gave it a four. Uh, it it's Clearly. pulled down too hard by Sam Jackson floating up into that sphere like that and the general sphere effects. Which again, when nothing is interacting with it, I think it looks pretty good. But things interact with it a lot, so it's a four. It's not the worst, but it's certainly not something commendable about the movie. Mark, I we're in lemon. I also gave it a four. Basically the same reasons. I, I think it looked fine at the time. It hasn't aged particularly well. It still doesn't detract from the movie as a whole, but. Nothing looks great. Everything looks. Everything just looks sure. fine. Overall, Jake. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a five and a half. This to me is like a severely Andy Dalton lined movie in this day and age. I have very fond memories of watching this movie as a kid, and I think that that might be giving it a bit of a tilt up. This, and we mentioned it at the start, and I don't think we've talked about it since really, is barely eking into horror movie territory. I'm happy to welcome it, but this is not this is not an out and out horror movie. It it has its moments, but it kind of struggles to 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 keep that throughout the movie. It's a really long movie. I think that it could have done a little bit better. And then, as you mentioned, Jack, throughout the podcast, this is a really hard thing to do when you have a book that it is trying to be so faithful towards. Uh, at times, to a fault. It, it can just sort of start to lose you. So I don't think it deserves much of a higher score than that, despite having a scary setting and some pretty freaky scenes. Five and a half. Yeah, I give it a four. I, I pretty much agree with you, but I don't have a connection to it from when I was a kid. Yeah. I <clears throat> yeah. just was kind of disappointed with it after having read the book. So it's it's certainly a watchable movie, but motherfucker, is it long. <laughs> <laughs> long. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a four, Mark. I gave it a six. I, I think it's on balance. It's a better made. Look, it's it's tough, but I feel like we need to represent the side of things that says this is a better made movie than what we're used to seeing. Great cast, great acting, pretty good story. Uh, just don't bring the baggage into it of having already read the book and expecting the world. You know, on balance, this is a good movie is what I would say. Slightly better than average. Not okay. not okay. world destroyingly good but you know i i kind of yeah. agree with what jake was saying it's an andy dalton movie but i would say it's on it a slightly better really than is. that side of things yeah and i was doing that sure. with the the like having watched it as a kid i mean okay so this week actually i am in the middle and i can do this now mark you gave this the highest score jack you gave this the lowest score so let's battle this out mark why should you watch this movie their buddies and have some beers well, it's long enough that you're going to be able to have so many beers that it's going to be a really fun evening. <laughs> hey oh. Uh, good sci-fi fodder that you're watching. I've At this point, I've belabored the point, but uh, great cast. There's great lines in this. Actually, watching this in a group with all these one-liners zinging back and forth is actually going to be really fun. Uh, as a side note, Sam Jackson's shower scene, you know, that's a pretty great thing. You don't see any dong. No, but I mean, he's got a great bod. He's got a rockin' bod. <laughs> Jack Hugo. <laughs> All right. Thing the first. <laughs> when you're hanging out with your buddies, you don't want your night to be committed to only one thing. Yeah, you and do. If you pop this movie on, this is your fucking night. You're not doing anything else. You're not playing beer pong. You're not popping another short on after this. This is your evening. And you want more than that, and you want better than that, and you're gonna have He's floundering. a decent... I mean, you're almost in any group of friends. You're almost guaranteed to have some shit fuck like me who just loves the book so much that I'm gonna be insufferable throughout the whole 
goddamn thing. And that's not something anybody wants. That is the only good point you made, that he'll be insufferable because, well, the book did it this way. <laughs> Always. I, I would be, I was, yeah, I, I, I can tell you firsthand, I was insufferable. I hated watching this with myself. Let me ask you this, though, honestly. You're playing beer pong with your buddies for an evening, but you also have a TV in that room. Which is the better evening? You're playing beer pong with your buddies and the TV is off, or you're playing oh, beer pong see, with Jake's your buddy. Jake's gonna get so mad at me because I'm gonna delay and my throw in. so I can explain what the movie's doing wrong compared to the book. I'm gonna ruin both things. <laughs> so mad. I'm gonna get so mad. <laughs> yeah, so mad. Okay, Jake. Does the streak? That's why you should. Does the streak stay alive? Guys, does Jack continue to win? You guys, the votes are in, and uh, I gotta tell you, in a shocking turn of events. Ooh. <laughs> The streak stays Damn alive. Damn it! Yes! <laughs> Bullshit! Hello! Russian meddling! <laughs> Russian meddling in our elections. That's what I declare. <laughs> do you have any Do you have any speeches prepared, Jack, for this, frankly, preposterous streak that you're on? Uh, I do, but, you know, it's like three hours long, and uh, we don't, we don't <laughs> okay, need to do You couldn't right get it down to we'll a wait. tight 135? You know, I was trying real hard, but I couldn't. Too bad. So now, I think it might be time to get out of here. Not quite, Jackson. Yes, sir? What, what do we got going on? We have one more thing. We're uh, we're plum out of movies. Plum. Oh, shit! We, uh, we've ran out of plum things out. to watch. I think it's time we do a draft. Okay. Yeah. Well, certainly and you've prepared some fun, interesting way for us to draft these movies. I have a super interesting way to do this. So, a couple things here. I really liked, I don't know about you guys, but I really liked the last draft that we had where we could just fucking be free. We could just pick whatever we wanted. There's no, there are no shackles applied. Encumbrances? Just pick what you want. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I liked that quite a bit. And certainly not only because I didn't have to prepare at all. No, I'm sure not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I think on top of that, though, you know, we can go for that, but we've also had... A couple people recommend us some movies, and hey, that's it. New. Might be it. Might be time to jump into a few of those as well. So I think what we should do here is we should pick a few recommendations that we can go ahead and review, and we can also then pick maybe two a piece just to kind of get us out into the future that the listeners can then go ahead watch and get ready for these rambling podcasts. Of that sound okay? Yeah, I like that. Great. That sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, so let's get this fucking draft going. Who's going first? Jake is. Jake's doing it. Whoa. Nailed it. Am I? Yeah. Jake. Wow. I think the first thing I'm going to do, like we were talking about, we've had some really good recommendations coming in. Listeners, anything you want us to watch, you want to hear about, go ahead and let us know. We may (laughs) or may not choose it. Yeah, like I got to tell you what. So far, we have lived up to every movie that's been recommended to us. I think we have watched on the show. Jack, you even watched Dead Kansas. Think about that. Oh Jesus yeah. Christ! Yep, that's that's the commitment. So chances we have. are, if you let us know about something, we're we're probably gonna watch it. Anyway, <laughs> on Twitter, uh, Ty, thank you for the recommendation. We're gonna go ahead and check out the Banshee chapter. Oh yeah, you said that this was one of the ones that stuck with you and that you were not expecting. So I'm excited to uh, check this out and see if it lives up to that sort of hype. Going in with a little bit. Wait, more is this guy's handle at Ty? Just Ty. We're not. How we're did not you get such pe- a good Twitter handle? We're not. We're not calling people out. By their full Twitter handles. I'm just going by names. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought he wanted that A to Z horror bump. That bump of like two people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the two person bump. It's huge. All right. Banshee chapter. I- I'm excited for this one. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited all for right. all of them. Mark, why don't you hit us with the next one? <clears throat> okay, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We get, we have a few to sprinkle in, but I'm not going to do that with my first pick. My first pick, I have to build up goodwill for one of the other ones I'm going to pick later, is going to be <laughs> Bram, Stro- uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, 1992. I'm pretty excited about this one. It, we haven't really done a lot of like vampire movies. We've done Nosferatu, but outside of that... There's a little bit of variety yeah. coming in. I've never seen it. That's Love another it. thing. <laughs> Selfish pick for me. Well, I like that you think you're building up goodwill. <laughs> yeah, that's... I, what Define goodwill, please. <laughs> I am under the impression that that's considered to be a pretty good movie. Is it not? We'll see. Tune in next week. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's an interesting it's choice. It's got like a seven else. and a half star rating on IMDb, you guys. What... <laughs> Uh, well, IMDb I, I, hey, if, if you like if you like Keanu, then I love I love Keanu. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go next, and here's the thing: I'm not picking one of the recommendations yet either. I'm gonna sprinkle that in a little bit later. Uh, I am gonna pick a much more recent movie and one I think we all have seen and we all like. Mark, it's a found footage movie. Yes. I'm picking As Above, So Below. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool, 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 Interesting. Yeah, I want to check out a Larry Cohen joint. We're going to watch The Stuff. Oh, fuck. So get that, ready. Is a, that is a unique pick. Let's go with some fucking just disgusting-ass <laughs> Molo <laughs> grossness. I hate everything. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. No, you're going to like yeah. it, Mark. You're going to like it. We're watching The <laughs> Stuff. Better or worse than Bad Taste? <laughs> Wait, Way different. Oh, yeah, you can't compare. Them no, I need a better or worse. I need an up arrow or a down arrow. Both are great. No. Mark, what are you picking next? Uh, it's the happening. I'm just gonna jump right into it. <laughs> oh yeah, look, <laughs> you got me all riled up last episode about but, the happening. I want to pick it. I want to watch it. Yeah. I want to talk about it. We're watching the happening, and that's it. This is fucking <laughs> terrible. M Night Shyamalan, ding dong. <laughs> All right, I like that. You're a trash human next... being. <laughs> Tell me that's <laughs> not going to be you. fun to talk about. Oh, it's going to be fucking fun to talk about. I am throwing in my listener subjection. Or suggestion here, not subject. I guess subjection. The listener subjection. is subjecting us to this. You've been yeah. subjected. <laughs> this came to us via email. A gentleman named John. Uh, his full email address is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, blank via blank. <laughs> Beep! <laughs> it is on Netflix. Uh, he notes that it features the kid from It Follows. He says, quote, it's not the greatest movie ever, but it's really unique and worth watching. So uh, I'm pretty interested in uh, checking this out. It's a little movie called Heartthrob. Uh, yeah, one Kira word. Gilchrist joint, huh? Totally. Yeah. Interesting. So that's what I'm throwing no, in here. I'm pretty excited I have no concept of this movie. I have no I had concept. literally never... Yeah, never heard of it before John emailed us. I I Googled it after that, but I've only checked out just, like, the Google snippets. 
So which yeah. kid wow. from it follows? Are we talking about? I will say this: Kier both Kier of you, Gilchrist. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think both of you have the opportunity to go into this literally totally blind. Yeah, yes. and I will. Which I will. I'd yeah. suggest you yes. take it. I'm not going to look at anything. Also, if we're talking so. Kier Gilchrist, he's the kid from Dead Silence. Let's get it straight. Oh my <laughs> God! You are awful. <laughs> Which I think leads us to our last round, huh? Yeah, uh, huh? Yeah, I think it does. Jacopo. All right. now, Jake. I have the opportunity to go with like a real classic here. I've been thinking about a few of these: a real, real classic or found footage. Ooh, it's a hard decision. You already went found footage. Ooh, I'm the found footage guy. No, that was me. Oh, that was Jack. Okay, never mind. That's why you it's can't hard. That's figure why it's the two of us out, man. I think I'm going to have to go with more of a classic because we don't have much of a representation of older horror movies here. And this, notably, is not the first incarnation of this particular horror classic, but I think it's a really good one. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. I want to watch the Hammer version of The Mummy. That's coming from 1958. Ooh, Hammer Horror. I like the Hammer Horror I don't think we, we have not had a Hammer entry yet. Hammer, The Mummy, 1958. Going to be great. Hammer, Fuck yeah, Hammer time. Hammer time. Hammer time. Yeah, Mark. There's almost no chance we make that joke during the episode, so let's uh, let's say it more here. Wouldn't that be funny? We just yeah. we just before we start recording, we just agree no references to MC Hammer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's literally impossible. Sounds like we, yeah. <laughs> just like we agreed before this episode, there would be no references to the book. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm next. I'm going. Uh, just a quick note, we are on Reddit at, well, I mean, it's not an at because it's not Twitter, but <laughs> username <laughs> is A to Z Horror. We're on the horror subreddit all the time. We do our horror release roundups over there. Uh, shout out to Sugar Shane 333 He recommended we watch Tragedy Girls. That's what we're picking up this week. Yeah, we've been that, interested in like checking that. this one out for a while. Just haven't gotten around to it. Heard good things. Uh, well, really heard have. middling things. Totally. Sugar Shane at I've that heard point actually things. did not like it very much. Wow! Oh, good. But he suggested it, huh? Well, he he didn't really suggest it. He was just curious what we thought about it. So we're gonna weigh in on it. We're gonna fulfill his. <laughs> yep. So it's not even suggestions. Fantasies. Now it's just mentioning a movie gets it featured on our cast. <laughs> Guys, the fucking bar is low. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Literally mention any, any movie forum at all. We would appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll close this out here with a pick of my own. This is a movie I know shockingly little about. I've heard some. Very good things, and I've heard some very bad things. Um, I've heard this some things. This is a British movie. I have heard some things. It is uh, has Nick Frost and Jodie Whittaker in the cast. Okay, good so uh, far. That's directed by Joe Cornish. We're going to watch Attack the Block. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's fine. Did you think I was going wow. to make the right movie? <laughs> Review spoilers. It's just mediocre. <laughs> You're such oh, you've a seen it? douche yeah, bag. You really fucked that up. Great. You really did. Can we just retake that whole thing? Really? God damn. Way to go on a I'm sour note, Mark. I appreciate it. That's our next <laughs> fucking roundup of horror movies. Good shit. So, guys, if you want to check out what we're going to have going on in terms of upcoming releases go ahead and head over to a to z horror.com and go to the podcast page you'll be able to see the schedule right there fair warning we do tend to change quite a bit depends on what's going on in our lives things happen you've been warned yeah 
And we're going to go ahead and get out of here. This has been episode 79 of the A to Z Horrorcast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to A to Z Horror.com. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you want to check out everything on the Phantom Podcast Network, you can head over to Phantom or downrightcreepy.com slash Phantom, rather. Come hang out with us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Those links are going to be down there in the description below. And if you want to help the podcast out, give it a like, give it a review really want to help us out just go ahead and tell somebody you know who's into horror about the podcast believe it or not that's a huge huge help to us as always the music's been coming at you from super bear that is super bear spelled super bear that link's gonna be down there in the description below as well and next week we're gonna get into this new crop of reviews and and we're gonna start off with mark's pick jack's pick who's pick my pick mark's pick And we're going to start out with Mark's pick, Bram Stoker's Dracula. So until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. He wasn't trying to bite him. He just wanted to get up in there. He wanted to see Dustin Hoffman's snake. Huh? Huh? You've been listening to the Phantom Podcast Network on downrightcreepy.com. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud for more creepy shows. Ha 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 ha.